This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. The Rockets getting blown out in back-to-back games this weekend. The good times were good while they lasted with the win over Milwaukee, but we are rudely brought back down to reality with a pair of back-to-back losses, first against the Golden State Warriors, then against the red-hot New York Knicks. We'll talk about those games, a few observations from them. We'll hear from Silas, we'll hear from Wood, and we'll hear from Jay Shantae. But what is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So, I'm not, it's just, these bad, just uh, why do I have to talk about the Rockets and losing to Golden State it just brings me pain just why like I just and I got my hopes up I really did the you know KPJ hitting his first three uh, against the Warriors, and I really thought, you know, that maybe he was going to have another big game, that they were going to have a fun, a fun competitive night, and that I was going to get to slander the hell, head the hell out of Warriors fans, you know, all Saturday night. It was going to be a good night. It should have been a good night, and it wasn't. So the and the worst part is the Rockets were actually like relatively competitive in the first half. Now maybe you chalk that up to just the Golden State Warriors not being able to hit you know, water fill out of a boat. That certainly was part of it. Um, it was very reminiscent of game six, 2019 playoffs where Steph Curry did literally nothing for the entire first half of the game and then scorched the Rockets uh, in the remaining two quarters. In this one, he did his work a little bit earlier. Uh, what was it? He had like 23 points in the third quarter or something. I mean, it's just, I lost track. I stopped keeping count. I, you know, the the Rockets, it was what, a 20-something point turnaround? 25-point turnaround? It was just ridiculous. Um, and I will talk about, I want to talk about uh, Draymond Green on Christian Wood. That's one of my talking points uh, for a little bit later in this one, uh, specifically talking about Christian Wood and and his struggles against Draymond Green in that game. Just uh, 4 of 15 shooting for Wood against the Warriors. Finished with just 10 points, just 2 of 8 shooting from behind the arc. Uh, only 7 rebounds, 4 turnovers, a really uncharacteristic night for Christian Wood, uh, given the fact that he was playing against an all-NBA caliber defender in Draymond Green. Uh, And then the Rockets also losing on the following evening, Sunday night, 
to the New York Knicks, 122-97, a game that the Knicks were were pretty much largely in control from the jump of this one. They jumped out to that 34-24 lead after one. Uh, they carried a 15-point lead into halftime. They continued to pile it on in the third quarter. The, the, the Knicks were never in danger of losing this game. Julius Randle was phenomenal. He finished with 31.7 rebounds, six assists. At one point, he was just toying with the Rockets. I mean, uh, but yeah, let, let's hear what Steven Silas had to say after the Knicks loss uh, and just his general reaction from that game. It was. He uh, he made some tough shots, the step back threes and the, and the isos. Uh, yeah, he got, he definitely got going and there isn't much of a cover, like almost like last night, you rack your brain about the coverage that you can do to kind of eliminate those, those, uh, shots that he made. And there really wasn't, you know, he was ISOing and stepping back and shooting threes and, um, you know, that's why he's a great player. That's why he's an all-star. So, uh, yeah, the, the, kind of demoralizing feeling that you get, especially with a young team um, and the emotions that kind of go along with it. Uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that happened again tonight. I've, I'm always so proud of those guys. Uh, Jay Sean obviously was limping around and fought through and then C. Wood, you know, it was a back-to-back. And uh, we had kind of thought that maybe back-to-backs wouldn't be, especially going down towards the end, wouldn't be uh, a thing where he'd play in both games. And he, he said he wanted to play tonight, even though his ankle was sore and then he got kneed in the thigh or whatever else happened tonight. So, yeah, I mean, the fight in these guys is always there. And the uh, – the, um, you know, kind of resiliency as much as we can have it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely proud of the guys for that. But, you know, it's just the, the, the losing stings. So Steven Silas talking about the resiliency of this Rockets team that has been uh, beaten, battered, bruised, eight different ways to Sunday for the majority of this season. And it didn't exactly let up in this Knicks game, right? Jay Sean Tate goes down early in this one, bumps knees. Somebody kind of lands on his foot a little funny, you know, very early on in the game. He checks out. I'm holding my breath. I'm because he's been the, the, the iron man for this team throughout the season, even though he's had a few nagging things here and there, he's the only rocket that's played in every single game this season. Uh, then later on, Christian Wood takes a shot to the knee or like to the upper thigh area. Um, you know, just, and then even later on the you know, KPJ, you know, it, it winds up getting, you know, taking a hit. And it's just, you know, this rockets team is a team that's already running, you know, eight guys effectively, you know, eight, maybe nine guys. Um, they're going deep into the uh, into the reservoir with guys like Daquan Jeffries and Anthony Lamb getting significant burn on some of these nights. Uh, the good news is that they will hopefully have some reinforcements uh, here soon with Daniel House Jr. and DJ Augustine potentially returning to the rotation uh, very shortly. Uh, they only have seven games left, so it's not like, 
you know, they're, they're kind of, again, they're just kind of limping to the finish line. Uh, DJ Wilson, not available in this game due to health and safety protocols. So just a reminder that COVID-19 is very much still out there and still a threat, even with all the precautions that these players and, and team personnel have to go through on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's still, you know, very possible, you know, that there could be contact tracing or that, you know, players can still catch COVID-19. Um, so no, no DJ Wilson, which is a real shame because DJ Wilson was playing some really, really solid basketball, um, having a really good stretch for this Rockets team. And during the stretch where they don't have many other players, um, it sucks to lose out on on his services, especially how well he was playing. And now you're down to just Kelly Olenek and, and Christian Wood as the only two bigs uh, moving forward until you get him back in the rotation. But I do want to talk about Kevin Porter Jr. and, and an observation that I have from this game, and I've kind of seen it throughout some other games, and it's just been one that I've kind of been waiting to talk about. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I want to talk about Christian Wood and his struggles uh, going up against Draymond Green and a few other points and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Indeed. So you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. You can get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. And you only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, that is a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th, terms and conditions apply. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's hear really quickly before I dive into my point about Kevin Porter Jr. Let's hear quickly from Jay Sean Tate after the loss against the New York Knicks. Playing with, you know, seven, seven, nine guys these last few stretches in a condensed season, but Everybody's dealing with something, man. Um, we can't make excuses. Uh, that's why we're in the position we are in. And, um, you know, his fight and everything he's been through this season, um, you know, he's, he's, he's setting the example, you know. And, um, you know, that's my guy, just seeing him continue to play through and continue to try to improve and get better and go out there and uh, fight through uh, whatever Nixon and Maxie has to do. Um, you know, it shows it shows a lot of character. A great mentality to have uh, for Jay Sean Tate for the rest of this young group of guys to have, and I, and I like that Jay Sean Tate's you know kind of highlights that Christian Wood is taking right a bit of that leadership role, that kind of responsibility that the other guys are kind of looking up to him, and specifically he say, you know he says that's my guy, and so you know despite how painful this season has been. It does, from everything that we're hearing and seeing, it does, for the most part, feel like this group of guys, the young core, right? They all have each other's backs, right? They, they haven't turned on each other. The locker room isn't toxic. 
Um, and this team, the talent, the overall talent level of this team is not what the record shows, right? This team is so much better than their record actually represents. And that's why there's optimism moving forward for this core group of guys. Um, that's why there's the hope that, you know, we get the top draft pick to pair with this young core and get an, you know, an actual off season for Steven Silas, a, a right, you know, a true blue training camp, all these different things moving forward. But, Let's talk really quickly, Kevin Porter Jr. And this is something that I've wanted to kind of bring up, and I've even kind of tossed it around with with Ali Khan a little bit. Um, and we haven't we we've kind of talked about KPJ and you know his his court vision, his playmaking ability uh, in spurts a little bit here and there, but uh, we haven't gotten to this specific topic. So just for ex- so over the last ten games, KPJ is averaging seven point one assists. And he's got 13 potential assists per game over the last 10. And I feel like at times, you know, so he's got really great court vision. That part is undeniable. Um, he's got a great feel for for where guys are. He's got great vision. And, and, you know, we've seen some really, really beautiful passes and some great playmaking from him. That said, is there are plenty of opportunities for him to learn and grow from as well. He hasn't quite mastered it, even though there's there's times where he has some really slick ones, like in this game against the Knicks, right? He had the one where he kind of did, it, it wasn't quite a no-look, but Christian Wood cut very quickly across the paint, and KPJ hit him with like this bullet pass right into it, right into his hands, and Christian Wood was able to just elevate right for the dunk because it was just so beautifully timed. The pass was on the money, and Christian Wood got an easy two out of it. So there, there are moments like that where you're like, hell yeah, that's a beautiful pass. Then there's some other times where I feel like, and this is kind of equal parts inexperience for KPJ, um, chemistry between him and his teammates, uh, the Knicks style of defense, which the Knicks defense was just completely suffocating the Rockets in this game because the Knicks had absolutely zero reason to even feign interest in guarding the Rockets out near the three-point line because the Rockets as a team were shooting well below 20% for a stretch of this game. They finished 8 of 35 for 22.9%, so almost 23% on the evening. But there was, for the majority of this game, they were well under 20%. So if I'm the Knicks, why am I going to bother checking anybody at the three-point line? So for the most part, the entire game, the Knicks kind of sagged their defense inward. Um, they they really closed off all the driving lanes, and the Rockets didn't have anybody that was hitting with any consistency from behind the arc to you know kind of break down. They weren't really running a zone. It wasn't like they needed a zone buster, but... The Knicks just, you know, they played a, a strong, hard-nosed brand of defense, and it made it really hard on the Rockets to get anything going offensively. So that said, you know, some miscommunication at times with KPJ and his roll man or, or pick-and-pop man in, in the pick-and-roll and whatnot. And there was one specific play that I brought back up on my timeline and highlighted, but KPJ starts you know, up at the top of the key, and it's actually a dribble handoff. So it, it it's not a straight pick and roll. It starts as a dribble handoff. Kelly Olenek has the ball at the top of the key, um, maybe a little off to the left. And he hands the ball off to Kevin Porter Jr., who gets kind of going downhill, brings 
the two defenders with him. So he, so the the big who's checking Kelly has to has to shade and stop KPJ. Otherwise, he gets a free lane to the basket. KPJ's defender is catching up to him. He has him on his hip, and there were two ways that this play could have gone and it would have resulted in what I believe to be a, a quality three-point shot for Kelly Olenek and w- the first of which is KPJ picked up his dribble too early um the big who was checking him in that in that on that play in that spot I want to say it was Randall um hadn't quite you know moved up all the way to to take away KPJ's driving lane. He was dropping low into the paint. So KPJ still had another step or two before he was going to run out of ground. So there's that first, you know, breakdown there. And then the second one is when KPJ did pick up his dribble, which he picked it up early, uh, you know, breaking down the play, picked up the dribble early. He picked up the dribble and then he kind of tried to throw it back to Kelly Olynyk, but he did it with his off hand. So he picks up his dribble and then he kind of like flicks the ball back with his right hand towards Kelly Olynyk, and it gets there with like, I don't know, like 60% power. Like it kind of, it, it kind of almost didn't make it to Kelly. And so he has to kind of like pick up the ball from like his ankles Um and by then, it gives the defender a chance to recover and and get back out to Kelly before he's able to get up into his shooting motion. And so I highlight this play because we've seen James Harden execute this exact style of drive many a time. And what Harden tends to do is one, he's he you know he got so elite at that little behind the back dribble to where as soon as he started pulling two defenders with him, he could just do that little skip pass, bounce pass behind the back and you know get the ball exactly to where it needed to be for a wide open three point shot. We saw that I don't know how many times. But another version of the kick out from James Harden that we've seen that I'd really like to see KPJ start to incorporate is that kind of like little slingshot pass that Harden would do where as he's bringing two defenders with him driving left towards the basket, he uses his strong arm, his left arm, to flip the ball back out to the three-point shooter. And I think it's moments like that that KPJ is going to slowly start to learn from and build off of and and realize that he's missing out on, on potential assists and potential buckets for his teammates by not, you know creating the best possible pass so it's not you know and it's it's a multi multi-dimensional thing right so kpg has to be the initial threat that collapses the defense then he has to recognize how the defense reacts to him he has to see who's rotating and where and then he has to make the right read and then he has to get the pass there as the final like piece of the puzzle is he has to effectively get the pass to the right person and I think in this one, he he had all of it, right? He dragged two defenders with him. He was attacking the rim. The Knicks decided to cut off his drive, but he ended the drive a little bit too early. He was a little bit indecisive about what he wanted to do. And then the pass just wasn't, you know, a quality pass to get Kelly Olenek that good three-point attempt. So... As KPJ gets more comfortable steering things and gets more comfortable with different versions of NBA defenses and really figuring out where he can be successful on the court, he's going to eliminate those kind of subpar passes from his game or, the, or those those reads where you're you're sitting there kind of scratching your head and you're thinking, oh, well, he had, you know, X person wide open in the corner, but instead he forced a tough shot at the rim. Things like that. And... That's what the best part is about, you know, being able to, you know, have some time off. Thankfully, the Rockets get two days off before their next game against the 76ers Wednesday evening. Um, 
you know, being able to sit down and actually have time for the coaching staff to go over film with these players and say, hey, look at what happened here. Look at this play. Look at how this can be different next time. And, you know, that's not to say that KPJ is never going to develop like his right hand as far as a passer. But just in that specific instance, you know, it felt like the the angle on delivering that pass and the way that he chose to deliver the pass with his right hand just felt suboptimal. And over time, again, he's going to get more comfortable about how he drives, how he attacks defenses, how he, you know, changes and, you know, contorts his body midair to get to be at the right angle to then, you know, deliver the pass on the money as opposed to getting there, you know, barely in time for the the shooter at the three-point line to pick up the ball as the as the defender is rotating back out. So again, I wanted to highlight that because that's just an area of KPJ's game where I think and I think the timing element, right? The chemistry element, there was just a lot of uh miscommunication in the Rockets offense in this game against the Knicks. And, and again, you have to give credit to the Knicks and their defense for causing um you know some level of of chaos in this game, but the Rockets at times, you know, they had guys randomly cutting while KPJ and Christian Wood were were trying to isolate. Um, there were times where in the Golden State Warriors game, there were times where uh, Christian Wood was trying to post up and KPJ is trying to isolate or vice versa. You know, KPJ's just there's some miscommunication taking place offensively where guys don't aren't exactly a hundred percent sure what to do in a specific moment. Um, and I think that's another side effect of just not having adequate practice time, right? These guys are kind of just flying by the seat of their pants, you know, again, limping to the finish line of this season. Uh, practice is a very rare thing for this team, if ever. So with that, they're just kind of, you know, getting these real game reps. And, you know, with that, it's, it's, it's tough to watch at times, you know, offensively. And then when they do generate, decent looks and then they just can't convert because they're shooting sub 20% from the three point line. Uh, then you just kind of throw your hands up in the air and you say, well, what else can we do? We're, you know, they're actually getting some decent shots. They were getting some decent shots early against the Knicks and they just could not for the life of them convert any of them. So I hammered home my point about KPJ. I definitely want to talk about Christian Wood and his uh, struggles against Draymond Green coming up here in just a second after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action over at BetOnline. And hey, look, NBA is still going strong. We got the playoffs right around the corner. Same thing for NHL. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Another quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, protein bars, you either love them or you hate them. And if you hate protein bars, it's time for you to start loving them with Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. And the best part about these protein bars is they're not traditional protein bars. They're not gritty. They're not chalky. They're delicious 
Not because, not only because they've got amazing flavors, but because every single bar is coated in 100% delicious chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and again, I've mentioned the flavors a couple times now without even telling you about them. Salted caramel, uh, orange, peanut butter, German chocolate, carrot cake, you name it, they probably got it. My personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk, you just cannot go wrong with. These bars are low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing if you're on a keto diet. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the best-tasting protein bars at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Wrapping up the Rockets subpar weekend games against the Golden State Warriors and the New York Knicks. I don't even think I said the final score of either game because if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you know that they were both blowouts, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, the Warriors 113-87 to for the Rockets and then the Knicks 122-97. to for your Houston Rockets. Um, Let's really quickly, I want to play back some audio from Christian Wood post-game and hear what he had to say about the officiating uh, and some of his thoughts on that end of the spectrum. So here we go. Uh, It's very frustrating, especially when you don't get the calls that you think you deserve. But uh, as the season progressed, uh, I went from complaining to refs about uh, calls that I I think I should have had to you know, now leave them alone and try and play through it, uh, and it gets hard at times. But um, it's a, it's a mentality thing. You just have to stay focused, you know, and get back on defense. Your team doesn't need you complaining to refs and and stuff like that. So everything uh, like that is 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 a learning process, and I, I felt like I've been getting better at that. So Christian Wood talking about officiating and and how you know frustrating it can be at times to you know, feel like he's, you know, getting, getting hammered, getting hit and, uh, you know, not receiving the calls that he thinks he should get. And I do have to actually commend him, you know, in the earlier part of the season, uh, you know, it really felt like he spent a lot of time complaining about not getting calls. And I, I did my fair share of complaining about him complaining about not getting calls. And it does feel like he's kind of cut back on that a bit. And I, you know, I, I commented on it when I did that, for him, for KPJ, for these young guys, for Jay Sean Tate, um, you know, that's going to be part of the mental aspect of the game that they're going to have to get used to, right? Is there's going to be nights, and unfortunately for the Rockets, being, you know, a bottom of the barrel team, you know, no real, you know, quote unquote star power on their team, no, no, you know, recognition for the talent on this squad. Uh, you know, they're going to have nights where, where they're just not going to get the benefit of the whistle. And sometimes it feels like it happens way more, way more often than not. But that's a mental thing that you just got to power through. And it's been nice to see Christian. He still does, you know, he still has an occasional, you know, he'll drive or he'll feel like he gets, you know, hammered hard on a, on a drive or uh, on a shot attempt and, and he'll still throw his arms up. But, you know, it's, it's much less uh, animated than it used to be. And I do think he does a much better job of just, you know, he'll, you know, complain about it for a brief second, but then, you know, get his head back in the game, tuck his head down, you know, run back in transition, get back on defense, that kind of thing. So I do want to commend him for for that, and again highlighting it, you know, him him being self aware in knowing that he was probably focusing on it a bit too much 
uh, shows growth. And that shows some maturity on, on his behalf that he realizes that that was something that was, you know, kind of holding him back or hampering him a little bit and that he needed to improve upon. You know, and, and these guys are human. They're going to, if you get, if you drive to the basket and you get hacked on the arm, and you don't get a foul call, you're going to be pissed about it. But at the end of the day, you can't sit there and, and complain to the referee for a few seconds in transition and give up a bucket on the other end. You just got to, you know, you're be upset about it. Cool. Be pissed. Go harder to the rim next time. You know, dunk it down their throat the next time you go to the rim and get the and one that way. So, you know, take that, take that frustration, take that anger and turn it into a, a highlight poster the next time you have the ball down low, something like that. Right. Um, but really quickly talking Christian Wood and, and how, uh, Draymond Green just absolutely like neutralized him in the Warriors game. And I think that's, like an area where uh, Christian Wood, you know, he was he was kind of exposed, right, against Draymond Green is, you know, C. Wood has kind of a limited repertoire of moves or like, you know, he, his bag isn't very deep, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's great for what he is. And, you know, compared to other other bigs in the NBA, he's got plenty of moves. He's got a decent handle. Um, he's Faster, more agile, better off the bounce, uh, great finishing ability, all this stuff, right? But against Draymond, it was nothing. Like Draymond Green stopping Christian Wood was a walk in the park for him. So that's where I think Christian Wood is going to have to, you know, improve and develop and really come up with some kind of a a true go-to move of sorts. And right, I've joked about it before, but. Christian Wood's a good enough shooter, right? And and you know if he were to develop some type of like a dream shake move right there, like on the low block, like I'm not saying it needs to be like his his true blue go to move, but in a matchup like this where he's up against a Draymond Green type, where he effectively he couldn't back Draymond Green down, and he couldn't beat Draymond off the dribble, and because of because that's 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 Christian Wood's bag right there, and he wasn't connecting from outside. He only shot two of eight from from behind the three point line. So, like when when if that's the case with Christian Wood, if he can't beat if he can't beat a guy off the dribble and if he can't overpower him, then what's left is just shooting over the top of a, of a defender. And so that's what he has against Draymond Green. Draymond Green's only six foot five. Christian Wood's a whole, you know, 6'10", 6'11", you know, a whole five, six inches taller than him. When he elevates for a shot, he's easily taller than him. So Christian Wood, in that triple threat stance, um, has the opportunity to, right, just elevate over Draymond and shoot over him, shoot over the top. Um, But I do think that, you know, if you get him posted up, you know, with some decent positioning and in that triple threat stance, either, you know, facing up or potentially back to the basket, you can maybe make the argument that Christian Wood would be... you know, it would be advantageous for him to have a turner, a comfortable turnaround jump shot of sorts, um, or you know, just being able to face up and maybe take a quick like step back, uh, you know, mid range two or something over a defender like Draymond Green. Situations like that, um, and then it didn't, you know, it doesn't help that you know that he wasn't Draymond Green's an excellent pick and roll defender as well. So it kind of takes away. Uh, I mean, we've seen Draymond Green absolutely neutralized Clint Capella in the pick and roll, you know, rendering him pretty much useless uh, in 
Rockets playoff series against the, the Golden State Warriors. So this is nothing new out of Draymond Green. This isn't a new development that we've seen from him. He's one of the premier defenders in the NBA, especially against opposing bigs. But I think it just really, to me, highlighted the need for Christian Wood to have a, a, you know, a couple more skills, a couple more tools in his bag to be able to bust out because, again, he looked like he couldn't get anything done against Draymond Green. Uh, and that was tough to watch. Again, you know, watching Draymond Green shut down uh, the guy who's supposed to be the engine of your offense, not great, unfortunately. So those are just my thoughts on C. Wood um, and what he needs to do moving forward. We've We've definitely spent some time talking about that before about his need for for counter moves uh, as he gets you know more accustomed to opposing defenses and players game planning expl- you know specifically for him uh, you know trying to wrap his head around how he's going to continue to be an efficient player when an entire defensive scheme is geared to stop him and that's how you separate the good players from the great players and then the great players from the all-time great players is uh, you know, once once defenses start to take notice of you and once you become the focal point of an offense, can you keep producing at that elite level? It's going to get harder. It absolutely has for Christian Wood. He is now the target. You know, there's a target on his back every single night where opposing teams know what he's about, what he's capable of, and he's still putting up some ridiculous numbers. Um, so I just, you know, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap up my point on him and, you know, that that matchup with Draymond Green. But with that, we did have two Rockets losses over the weekend, which means we're going to do two Tankathon spins. And seeing as how the last couple Tankathon spins that we've done with uh, our good buddy Richard at Mavs Draft, who's been helping us do our draft breakdowns, our player profiles uh, with First, Cade Cunningham, and then Jalen Suggs, which reminds me, we're going to have Evan Mobley up next, so definitely don't want to miss that episode. That'll be tomorrow, Tuesday's episode this week, so definitely want to tune in for that. But because we've had such crappy luck with Richard, we're going to get two Tankathon spins in right here and see exactly how lucky we are. So hopefully it can be a good Monday and we can get some good spins here. So here's the first spin, and it still sucks. Great. Maybe I'm just cursed. You know what? I just, like, just, I'm I'm not even going to entertain that. Just good vibes, good thoughts, Hakuna Matata, all that good stuff, right? All right, so first spin, Indiana jumps up 11 spots to the number one overall pick. These Sims are ridiculous. Sacramento jumps up seven spots to the number two overall pick. Detroit walks away with number three, Orlando at four. Houston falls down to number five, effectively giving their pick to the Thunder, of course. All right, let's do this one more time. Spin this bad boy up. Ready, set, go. Oh, man. Okay. Back-to-back garbage spins. I really don't like the Rockets being in the worst uh, spot in the NBA. It sucks because there's that really strong 48% chance that they land in the number five spot. Uh, And, again, somebody much smarter than myself explained how the percentages work uh, if Houston is in spot number two or number three and how as other teams uh, effectively begin to occupy those spots, the odds of the Rockets landing in one of those spots, well, yes, technically it's still effectively uh, a 52.1% chance at them staying top four. Uh, You spread the odds around 
instead of all that 48% remaining chance being allocated on one spot, you spread those odds around to the rest of the numbers, to the rest of the other picks, uh, effectively reducing the chance that you land at that number five spot or something like that. I'm, I'm bad with numbers, as anybody who's listened to this podcast with any regularity uh, should know. I'm garbage when it comes to numbers, and somebody, again, much smarter than myself, illustrated it on uh, Twitter, and so I'm just kind of going off of that. Uh, but with that, that's going to wrap up our episode for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.